Welcome back on the island. I'm Sherlock Holmes here with Helen Keller. <laughs> oh no, you <laughs> you actually heard me. So, oh my gosh, <laughs> no, I could uh, I could feel the vibrations coming through my speaker. <laughs> oh god! Or too soon? Is it too soon for this? I don't know. I uh, Helen Keller's joked about way too much in my line of work right now. Can we just respect the American icon for she's, once? She's joked about in your line of work. <laughs> I work with high schoolers. Nothing's off the table. Wow. So Helen Keller's still maintaining some play among high schoolers, I guess. Some cultural relevance, sort yeah. of? Getting in some a backwards play. way? Yeah. Oh, man. I think I'm in a good mood, Taya. How about you? I'm feeling blue. <laughs> the weather here. Your eyes are blue. My eyes are blue. The weather is blue. It's rainy and 57 do you think you and could i name, live in the south do you think you could name the color of three people's eyes that you know oh gosh me neither <laughs> not definitively like it's a safe guess to assume brown for most people but <laughs> I, I just feel like I, you know like in movies and books and stuff it's always like a romantic thing where someone knows the colors of someone's eyes or like in a book they'll describe someone as having certain color eyes but i never think of any people having eyes with colors i guess i don't true. see color you know it's just voids. It's like an empty space. Oh, did I tell you the good news? Wait, here we did no. our pre our pre show talk, and I forget I failed to mention the best news of my week. So news far. live on air, breaking news. I think I might be Twitter famous. My last How did I miss tweet. That? <laughs> my last tweet got four hundred and fifteen favorites. What? <laughs> yeah, crazy. What happened? Did you tweet about R. Kelly's sheets again? No, I actually responded to uh, like a really famous person on Twitter, but like within the first five seconds. Oh, you mean so like I'm you just when, the top tweet everybody sees? You tweeted back to Trump and said like hashtag MAGA twenty twenty. Um, no, I didn't do that. I will say I'm looking up the tweet now and I don't understand it. You responded to someone called Vsauce who appears to have tweeted nothing, and then. You said it's like my YouTube feed for Vsauce one, two, and three. That was, that's a different language to me. I don't even know what what, what that's saying. <laughs> that's totally okay. If any of our listeners know what Vsauce is, just know that I also love it. So we have that in common. I'm a man of the people. I hope people are laughing at your tweet and understand it because I don't. Yeah, <sighs> my viral tweet this week was zero retweets and twelve likes. I tweeted an instruction manual I found in in the kitchen of my parents house where my dad had to do dinner in the crock pot and my mom wrote down the three steps he needed to do and for step one she wrote down plug in crock pot (laughs) (laughs) that's all it takes crock pots are literally the best (laughs) oh anyway who needs crock pots who needs food when you get highs like that man good episode exciting episode at least a lot of lying and i I think ty liked it less than me but we'll talk yeah i wasn't super high about it. it You weren't as high as Sebastian riding over uh, Jurassic Park. How much better would this show be if there were dinosaurs? That was cool. <laughs> if they had to... Well, if you think back to, uh, what, season four or five when they went to Africa, like, they had to lock them in a compound at night so lions wouldn't kill them. That's as close <laughs> as we can get. Oh, well. None of that anymore. But did you no. notice that we got a little Jenna-Sebastian action on the helicopter there? I feel like the eagle-eyed people who know about their real-life relationship might have caught it. Oh, that's not when it stood out for me. I was watching at the end of Reward after uh, their team won, 
they embraced in a very, very long hug, separate from everybody else. And I was like, ooh, get it, girl. And meanwhile, Chris just keeps following Libby around hopelessly as the single prince of Ponderosa. The prince and not princess. Oh, man. Well, I guess we should get into it. I feel like we're we're having fun today, but... We are. I'm just going to make my voice really sad just so we can pretend that we're not having fun anymore. Okay. Oh, have I even introduced you yet? <laughs> no, I don't think by name. I don't think I have. If he's willing to go against the family, I'm going to have to do something about it. It's Tyler B. Commons. I would never go against your family. I love your family. Your family is super fun. <laughs> I said the family, but <laughs> regardless. Yeah, that's I'm not, Ty talking I'm not around. He's going to start his own podcast. I'm going to lose. All, him. all in the family that with me and Dom. <laughs> hey, you're response last week of saying dom would be the one guy you wanted to talk to at a bar looked pretty good after this week i thought yeah dom got a lot of good character he didn't get like backstories but dom was shown to be in control and everybody liked him and he had that one conversation with laurel where he started like sipping out of the mug and like he just looked like a human guy who i want to be friends with a human guy (laughs) not just like the benevolent dictator that i felt like he was up until this episode he got much more human and much more kind yeah it was a good episode for him i thought but we'll we'll talk more about him as we go on i think the place to start is with desi who got caught not in a lie i mean she got caught in a rebellion that she was considering starting and Mm -hmm. she changed her mind and i mean she basically she didn't change her mind basically laurel ratted her out and yeah. She got her whole game upended. I mean, we can talk about the details, but my first question is, how old do you think Desi is? 21. Good guess. But I think that's because I know how old she is. <laughs> the only reason I asked is because, like, as the episode ended, I was like, how old is she? Because she kind of, mm-hmm. like, seemed like she was, like, mid to late 20s just by the way she kind of, I don't know, the way she looks and carries herself. But then I looked it up, she's 21, and it, her erratic behavior made a lot more sense to me. Yeah, and we mentioned that when we did our preseason podcast. Like, she looks and kind of acts like an old soul, but I think it's because she just had a crazy life, you know? Um, She's lived on her own. She was homeless. They kind of mentioned that a little bit in this episode, which was strange in the way that it happened because she's like, my experience being homeless is what's going to get me to the end of this game, and then she didn't even make it to the end of the episode. So is it Survivor bashing homeless people? Is that what they were going for? I don't think so. That was just sur- <laughs> that was just Survivor. <laughs> so I, sometimes I just never know what you're going to ask me. Um, sometimes that's just Survivor foreshadowing and just using whatever they can to be like, okay, well, keep in your mind that she thinks she's going to the end. So obviously she's not going to the end. Yeah, true. I mean, no, my real question about her that I think is fun to think about is, do you think you would have believed her lie if you didn't have the information that we did i mean obviously it's hard to say because we knew she was lying because we got to see what happened but based off some of the post-game stuff it sounded like she was actually convincing some people or at least making some people hesitate and i don't know because on tv when you know the information you're kind of like she's just she's trying too hard to lie but i don't know do you think obviously it it was potentially close given the conversations that we saw but do you think you would have bought it if you were you know kellen or dom or wendell i don't think i would have bought it and it is hard because i have all that the bias of i know exactly what went down and what she said but also 
I'm very wary of people when their argument is to just be louder than everybody else. I don't know if you kind of feel that way, but when people start yelling to make their point, I automatically think their point is less legitimate, even though I think the trend today is if you're louder, you're going to be the loudest voice and the most believed voice and the most heard voice. But for me, I don't know. I like... For me, that's just a switch that I've put in my brain that I'm like, if I hear someone start yelling adamantly about something, they know they're standing on shaky ground. Yeah, it's kind of like when you... Have you ever played Secret Hitler? I feel like I love to just reference random social games. You love Secret Hitler. Because, like, it's the kind of thing where when when you try to stick to a lie that hard, everyone just thinks you're lying I, I like my move and mm-hmm. who knows that this would work but my move if i got caught in a lie that big would just to be like that's not true and then just not really address it anymore like just kind of take it easy because if you get all angry like she did like when she came up and interrupted laurel and dom and was like that's it it's over that's it that's it and she kept turning mm-hmm. around and that's it and then she walked away and then dom was like hey how you doing <laughs> yeah i just it doesn't make sense to me to overreact because overreaction always gives away that you're the one that goofed and i feel like she wasn't convincing me i had the info that i knew she had said it but she it was four against one so i don't know why trying to yell louder than the four made her feel like that was her best strategy and the only strategy apparently it worked because in all the post-game interviews and stuff that i read people were saying she actually had some people convinced that she didn't try to backstab kellen but yeah uh probe said that specifically that i saw he said people were second guessing themselves a little bit his his take which i thought was interesting was if you're gonna lie you have to lay the foundation early in the game and imagine the kind of lie you might tell and know what it will sound like coming out of your mouth then find an opportunity when you're telling the truth and play it the same way set the trap now they know what you sound like when you're adamant that it's the truth so hopefully later on when you lie they'll refer back and believe you which for me was kind of summed up in the moment where Laura was questioning her at Tribal, and she mm-hmm. cracked a little bit, at least I thought, and, and said, you're on the bottom and you're still on the bottom. And it was like kind of like a bully-sounding response that you only say when you know you have nothing left to say. Mm-hmm. And that kind of felt like the breaking point to me of like, ah, yeah, she's not going to pull through here. Yeah, in her post-game interview with Hollywood Reporter, she actually said she... F- felt 50 50 that michael was still going to be the one going home so and he looked it man he was like he looked like his dog had just died yeah which is a shame because he's a great player but i just i didn't feel the same sense of safety that she felt even 50 50 i had a strong feeling she was going home even though the show kind of tried to convince us that michael was still on bottom and i still think he's on bottom next week they just don't he's just too he's too much out on his own island yeah yeah but i just well, but here's the thing, and, and Desi said this. She said, I don't have any regrets because uh, my, only gre- my only regret would be the execution of it. After the lie blew up, I could have regrouped better, etc. Quote, I had to make that shift. This is the truth. A million dollars is on the line at the end of the day. So if I have to lie, I'm going to lie, and I'm going to lie big. People are going to be confused, etc., etc. It's just a matter of trying to make a move. And I, like obviously, once you have the whole picture of the entire season, it's easier to point to a certain moment and say this is the opportunity where you should have made a move i.e laurel question mark or you shouldn't Mm -hmm. have tried to make a move here but for me as a viewer and we've talked about this ad nauseum probably uh like 
I love when people try to make a move. So I'm all in on yeah. it. Like I, I, I liked that she did it. And I think somebody needed to try to shake up Navidi because it's just getting ridiculous. Yeah, the top players are way too comfortable. And I mean, Desiree saw that coming and it didn't pan out. And the way it's it's going forward, I don't think Malolo is going to be able to rally a comeback. Although I did see, was it Feinberg set up the situation of a 5-5 split next week? I can't yeah, remember which one it was. Chelsea's out on an island, basically. Uh, not to use that <laughs> phrase twice in the last two minutes, but uh, or every week. But she, she's out on an island reversing the curse of the <laughs> oh the she just looked effing stick. She looked bad this week. I mean, she won immunity, right? But voting with Desi as the only other person voting for Michael makes her look so so clueless. Yeah, and she doesn't. I feel bad. I don't know. I don't know what she has to do to get in. I don't know if she's just not an easy person to connect to. She's not an easy person to talk to. But she is definitely on the outs, and I feel bad about that. But getting back to what you were saying just a second ago, the top players are definitely really comfortable, almost deservedly so, because they have, not only do they have all Navidi, then they also have Laurel and uh, Donathan, who are both going along with it. I mean, that's what we need to talk about, right? Yeah, we need to talk about those two being willing to go, because the top four in most people's mind is probably Dom, Wendell, Kellen, and whatever fourth Navidi they want to bring but I think Dom and Wendell have have it set up very well to bring Laurel and Donathan into top four because they're going to say no Kellen's too strong get rid of her you can't beat her and by that point it's too late for anyone else to make a move it's too late for people to start playing the game this is what I don't understand if you're Laurel and I think this is why I end up thinking this was a bad move because she could have jumped on to something and gotten somewhere and then who knows but like Look at her final four she's talking about. Or five, I guess. Donathan, Kellen, Dom, Wendell, and herself. And I don't know who she even beats in that group. Certainly not Kellen, Dom, or Wendell. And, Mm -mm. like, why would you just want to keep riding along with them? Like, other than getting to the end, what benefit do you get from that? Yeah, it's not... I'm starting to wonder if this season is so far out of hand for the people who aren't on top because... As we saw this episode, Dom is actually great with people. He's not just sitting on the top and kind of running the show as this untouchable guy. He's actually forming relationships with people and playing the game really well. Wendell, the same thing. People seem to like Wendell. I like Wendell, and he's got me convinced that he's not going to go anywhere. Kellen is a person who... I'm not 100% on board with, but she strategically has been playing very well, and she's been a part of the vote she needs to be a part of, and she's been a part of every important tribal kind of thing, and she is basically the queen of Navidi Strong. She's keeping that going and just pushing that and pushing that and pushing that, and you see when people try to go against her way, her kind of game blew up this week because she immediately had to go in into confrontation mode instead of just kind of quietly saying okay they're trying to take me out now i'm gonna strike and take out desiree she went and like she blew the situation up and i don't think that's that was very necessary okay you you said a lot you said a lot there yeah a lot to lot to unpack but yes quickly before we move off laurel i mean i I wrote down several times like (laughs) why is she so comfortable rolling on the bottom um obviously Mm -hmm. she went and told dom about desi's plan and things just kind of unraveled from there but yeah, I, what's the? 
other than just, sh- I mean, I was going to say other than sort of creating some cracks within Navidi, like what's the positive side of what she did? And I guess that's it, right? Yeah. She has to create those cracks because I guess she needs to find a way. In, but that doesn't even make sense because she doesn't have to find her way in. Because once they get rid of every other Malolo and it gets down to Dom, Wendell, Kellen, Laurel, and Donathan, then they're going to have the numbers and they can just get rid of the other Navidi that no one cares about. So I don't, it's really confusing right now why everybody's willing. And Fishback comments on this all the time. It's better to be on the bottom of the winning alliance and wait for your move chance, wait for your chance to make a move than it is to stick your neck out there and go home. So there's something that has to be said about that as like, I've not been out there and I don't know what it's like to, play with your back up against the wall but it just it seems to me like she's kind of just rolling over and willing to take fifth place money or fourth place money you <laughs> i know? mean the bummer for me is like that it encourages future survivor players to continue to not make big moves because you mentioned mm-hmm. fishback he also said like you can see now why these moves so seldom come together somebody else at the bottom is going to sell you out to advance themselves and we've mm. seen so many players ruin their positions in the game by turning on their alliances too soon and it's just, it's what we always talk about. Like, it's such a fine line between making the right move and the wrong move that you either look like a genius or an idiot who was trying to make a move with no one supporting you. Yeah. But I think that's, yeah, I think that's a good point saying someone else on the bottom is going to turn on you to try and establish their position better. So does it really just boil down to day one and two? You got to get on top. I don't want the game to boil down to that. Yeah. Which is kind of what it's been like this year, especially with Navidi's dominance all the way up until this point, basically. Because mm-hmm. even with Desi getting voted out, like that in and of itself was just a sign that the rest of Navidi is still pretty strong. They're like, you betrayed yeah. us, you're gone. So it's kind of a bummer that way. But hopefully, like you said, maybe it can be 5-5 now and we can start seeing some things happen. But mm-hmm. on that front, you talked about Kellen. I wrote down that if she didn't figure out the truth in this episode then she's not playing as good as i have thought but she did still kind of a bumpy episode but i don't know what like you talked a little bit about her already but i guess do you think she was too zeroed in on michael what should she have done differently i think kellen played this week from a position or her motivation was fear and it was fear that the things around her were not going the way that she had specifically planned I don't think she's one that adjusts on the fly super well. I think she can maybe moment to moment, but not adjust her big picture quickly, if that makes sense. Because she wanted to keep Navidi strong, but she couldn't understand why someone she had been with since day one would want to vote her out. But that's because she's in such a powerful position. I don't know if I even answered your question. I just went (laughs) off on a tangent again. What was your question? Just what she could have done differently. I mean, for me, like, the only thing that felt off was confronting Desi in the way that she did. Because the way that she asked the question was essentially just, tell me that you're with me. And she's like, I'm with you. And she's like, oh, okay. But obviously, you know, she still had some sorting out to do. I I just wish she would have gone sort of silent assassin mode and just said, okay, someone's gunning for me. I don't need to make a big scene about it. I don't need to let people realize that I'm hanging on by a thread and just the vote went the way she wanted it to. So you can't knock that. But I wish she wouldn't have made such a big show of power and flexing her muscles because that also puts another 
bigger target on her back. I was yeah, I was a little concerned with how she handled Dom. As righteous as her anger might have been, like, look, we've been letting you two guys run the show and the girls have something to say about it. I think mm-hmm. maybe Feinberg pointed this out. Like, it just wasn't the time to fight that fight, you know? Like, the, the, that's a fight for a later day and she might have thrown it out too soon and created some tension that we have yet to see unfold. So, I don't know. It was right. a confusing episode for her. But like you said, Dom looked in control. Like, he, he kind of pulled off the silent assassin cool as can be like i mentioned when desi came up while he was talking to laurel he was just like super comfortable i mean the one thing glossed over in all this too is that donathan found a hidden immunity idol ty's old super idol and oh ty god what look let me just say this as i'll say this three years too late as someone who hates bullies and thinks that it's not okay to treat people differently because they're smaller than you or you know weaker or whatever or older ty refusing to give over his half of the idol to scott a few years ago was potentially my favorite survivor moment that's ever happened even though scott and kyle jason or whatever made it far enough that they still ruined the whole season by having the whole jury vote (laughs) against aubrey but by existing that's another discussion for another day but that idol's yeah. back. He found it underneath the uh, second half of it, underneath the tribe bed or whatever. Refresh so. my memory. Who now knows about that idol? Is it all the the power people? Because Laurel was uh, sitting on the thing with him. Was it Jenna? I don't know why, but Jenna's yeah, in was, my head as someone. It was Laurel, Michael, and Jenna who know about it. The Malolo Four. Okay. I would like to see that put to good use. And this might just be hope i want next week to shake up 5v5 and see what happens at least flush an avidi idol or flush one yeah. of the extra votes that kellen has or something you yeah, know by he, way of update dom has an idol wendell has an idol kellen has a double vote and, and donathan, donathan has an idol right yeah that's what i was trying to find but yeah like i mean this did i, I hope you're right i hope some stuff happens but this this made me think like you know how jeff is always like no, we didn't know how this idol was going to play out. Like, we only put in a set number of idols at certain points. Like, we know when all that's going to happen. I hope mm. that he's lying because they really should throw things in based off the dynamics. Like, mm-hmm. it kind of struck me watching this episode when Donathan found the idol. It's pretty simple arithmetic. When one alliance is just slowly picking off another one, that's when you should throw in more advantages and more weird stuff. And mm-hmm. when. Every th- when players are out there making moves, you should throw in less stuff because then you have, like a couple years ago with the famous Sari getting voted out without getting voted for, because that was a season where people were making a lot of moves, if I remember correctly, and then like mm-hmm. they threw in too much stuff and it screwed everything up. So I think they should just be adjusting on the fly for that, but I don't know that they are yet 36 seasons in. Yeah, I mean, and that's also tough when you have a twist like Ghost Island where you have an urn that's already been placed out there and smashed. I had to bring it up. How do you feel about Ghost Island this week? Again, it was non-consequential. Feinberg. I'll just use his words to try to keep you from a five-minute rant. (laughs) Ghost Island continues to be a game of chance that Survivor is losing, yet we play every week in the hopes of improved drama. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty accurate. It was... It sucks, man. I just... I don't know how they could make it 
more exciting. I can't think of a different twist that they need to add to the game, if that makes sense. Like Exile Island, Redemption Island, those things are those things are fine, but I don't know. Ghost yeah, Island, Redemption I thought Island was gonna sucks. be yeah uh, okay yeah but besides besides getting all this backstory and you know i love seeing fan you know the recaps of previous misplays and idols and stuff like i like those moments because i've been a survivor fan for a long time if you're just starting the show new you're like oh ghost island so do they always waste five minutes an episode or like Today why should i watch survivor reverse the curse <laughs> <laughs> i gotta reverse the curse of the stick Luckily, yeah, we don't get to hear about the stick just, anymore. I mean, the reason it sucks is just, like, they always talk about, ah, oh, you know, we had 48 hours of footage and we could only fit in 42 minutes. But we're spending three or four minutes every week on Ghost Island, you know? Yeah. To say to say something positive about it, I feel like isn't if it wasn't just a season of Navidi Strong and it was more kind of 50-50... It would be much more intense sending someone of the opposite tribe to Ghost Island when you know they have an opportunity for an advantage. You know, I think the rock draw would mean something. I think maybe because of the way the split in the tribe has been playing, it's not allowed for Ghost Island to be what its full potential could have been, if that makes sense. I think that's the best argument you can make for Ghost Island. Nobody ever gets picked to go anymore. It's just rocks every time. I mean, Yeah, again, this week it was... Inconsequential. It doesn't matter that Angela went and lost a vote because her team still won and still kicked someone off that they were going to kick someone off. Uh, Chelsea won immunity, as we mentioned, the third woman in a row to win. And despite a kind of a rough episode for her as far as voting and everything. Other than that, I think that's pretty much all the uh, exciting events of the episode. The truth shall keep, set us free, Ty. I mean, I know you liked this episode less. Why, why, why do you think you didn't uh, like it as much? I think as far as strategy and gameplay went, we didn't get a whole lot from that sense. I thought it was good because it really convinced me to like Dom more. I had just seen Dom as the king and this guy who's like really good at the game, but I didn't know why. So this episode, I got to see that he's actually really good at interacting with people. But Feinberg mentioned it. A couple other places I saw, these challenges were weird and not very good, and locking women in cages makes no <laughs> sense and might have been the most sexist thing I've ever seen on Survivor. Somehow that I didn't really think of that when it was happening, but... Oh, that was funny. I That was like the first thing I noticed. I was like, oh, so the guys went in the boat <laughs> and they forced all the girls to stay in the cages. Like, this is this is ridiculous. Um, after watching the Ponderosa video from last week, I guess it's a good thing that Libby got voted off because if Libby had been trapped in a cage, they would have just only shown her trapped in a cage the whole time. It would have been so creepy. <laughs> it would have been very weird. Yeah, um, I'll note that Desi had no sunbeam moments in her Ponderosa video or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, she did and- mention a grilled sandwich like like uh, Libby did. She, she talked grilled, about a grilled, grilled cheeseburger. cheeseburger, which sounds great, which is... Not like the most creative idea, but somehow I never thought of it. So I'll give her credit for that. Yeah, um, it does sound really good. One thing I do want to talk about, and this is partially what played into the episode kind of being a dud for me, is when they went on reward challenge and Michael was like, okay, it was the the moment right before commercial. He's like, and now I'm going on reward challenge and I got to try to like make a crack in. And then he gets there and Sebastian's like, 
yeah, keep playing your game, bud. You never know what's going to happen. Like, <laughs> you, there's not strategy happening because the strategy is so set. No one's flip-flopping. No one's doing anything unexpected. Desiree tried and immediately got shot down and sent home. And I feel like that's what's missing. I think we had a really, really strong start. And we talked about it. The first five or six episodes of this season were, like, fantastic. But since then, since Malolo started losing challenge after challenge after challenge, it's become less exciting. Other than Dom v. Chris, even though that was kind of an obvious vote in the end, that was pretty pretty entertaining stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to note from Ponderosa is Desi also lost 12 pounds, like the third person in a row, I think, to lose 12 pounds. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she had Libby and Chris do an African dance and said it was going to go viral. I don't think it will. Not like no, Chris's rap video. Good. Yeah. But yeah, remind me to tell you about a dream I had, Ty, because it's time for the power rankings. I like the way that was edited where Dom was like, remind me to tell you about a dream I had. And then he instantly started telling her about a dream he had. And then he tells her exactly what it was. It's like, uh, you didn't give her long to remind you. But yeah. who's your number one this week? Number one, and I don't want to do this, but I have to do this. I got Kellen. Wow. I'm shocked. Because I'm actually shocked feel- given our conversation. I know. I don't think she played well. But seeing that she has so much sway and she's willing to stand up to Dom and Wendell, I feel like ultimately gives her a lot of power. I'm hoping it gives Dom and Wendell maybe some hesitation to think, but she, I mean, she played well. I don't think she played this week properly as far as long-term strategy, but she's just in such a powerful position that I have her at number one, which I don't think I've had all season. I put her number three for pretty much the reasons you just said which is weird okay (laughs) uh because like i felt like we did see that she's in a good strong position and she did smarten up and make the right move before it was too late she's been playing really well pretty much the whole season but i saw some signs here that scared me not enough to keep her out of the top three because pretty much everyone played poorly this week Mm -hmm. other than i guess donathan finding an idol i don't know and I guess Michael surviving is almost worthy of a power ranking. I mean, spoiler, I didn't put him in mind. But um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, my number one is Dom. I I, it, I thought this was a pretty easy one, actually. Like, you talked about needing to be an, a silent assassin in this moment, and he was. Mm-hmm. He stayed calm, and his alliance totally stuck with him. And he's he, he's taken some flack from us for being too obvious of a leader, but this was the first time that he kind of seemed like a quiet unassuming leader in the context of the edit so i've thought that it was a really strong episode for him Mm -hmm. yeah and i've got him at two and i mean just for clarification what you're saying i feel like kellen in the game is number one even though her showing in her edit doesn't make it feel like number one i think i'm trying to read between the lines which is why i have number one i mean that's fair but i think in the context of this week of action that's how i kind of came to it yeah, that makes sense. Maybe I should look at it that way. I don't know. I put Dom at number two, and for all the reasons we've said so far in this episode, he has a way of handling people that isn't as ham-fisted as I expected it to be. Like, we've seen him on top, but this week we got to see him actually interact with people and, like, communicate with people and not just strategize, but we got to kind of see him as just a kind person out there who can turn it on and send Chris home, but he can also make friends with people that he knows he's going to try and get out before he gets to final three. So I got Dom number two. Yeah. My number two is Wendell for similar reasons, even more subtle reasons. I think like he didn't have a lot to do this episode and he had another terrible immunity challenge performance, but 
Mm-hmm. He was even more unassuming as the leader in this episode from what we saw of completely not panicking. Like he walked up during the Desi situation and was just like, I don't have any context for what's going on here. <laughs> he sat yeah. in tribal and was just like, I'm just kind of taking it in and trying to figure out what's true. And he just seems very comfortable discerning fact from fiction and leading the way quietly. I, I just continue to remain impressed by the way that he's played and playing. Yeah. My question is, I've got him at number three. Do you think that's sort of a ploy he has going? Or do you think he's actually that kind of nonchalant about his game because he's so comfortable? Uh, I think it was just the edit, honestly, because reading some of Desi's stuff, she talked about how apparently all the time he would go up to Laurel and be like, we're good. We're going all the way, you and me. And then and then mm-hmm. he would tell Desi, like, I've got Laurel under my wing. And then she tried to use that to get Laurel to turn and said, Des- uh, Desi said, Laurel, Wendell's using you like he just ha- wants to have you as a vote or whatever. But I think he's playing pretty hard. I mean, we've seen glimpses of it from the way that he brings meetings together and talks to people. So I- we'll see. I-, I don't think it's an act. I think it was just he kind of happened to have a quiet looking week. But, mm-hmm. you know, with all the weird stuff that happened this week, I just felt like Dom Wendell Kellen is still kind of the top three. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I had Wendell number three. You said you had Kellen number three, so we got the same three people. Yeah, I went Dom Wendell, Kellen. You went Kellen, Dom Wendell. Mm, So I just, it's so strong right now, and I want to see that break up for entertainment purposes, but I feel very solid saying those three are the best three players on the island right now. Michael is a close fourth, but he's just been on the opposite side of so many votes, and like he just kind of got... He's just kind um, of the underdog guy. Like, if he makes it to the end, he might win on accident, but no one will let him make it to the end. Right. And I, it's not... It would be a it's great not final his three fault. if it was Dom Wendell Kellen, I think. I think that would be a great three. I think even you could ch- exchange any of those three and put Michael in there, and I would still feel super happy about any of those. I think... Yeah, this isn't a final episode. I'm not going to make my prediction if those, three, <laughs> if those guys are final three. I got way ahead of myself. Let's back it up. Let's reset. Slow down. Not my favorite episode, but it was still a good one. Yeah, I, you know? I think it was a good replacement level episode. I enjoyed it. Definitely mm-hmm. parts of it. And uh, watching someone try to just lie their way out of something is a pretty good way to be entertaining, regardless of what's happening. So, yeah, that's Survivor Week 9. It's like the perfect crime. That was the name of the episode. My favorite part is Desi going to her post-game confessional and being like, they could tell I was lying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all could tell you were lying, but that's okay. So who got the quote for the for Jeff, the title episode? I tried to listen. Okay, it was Jeff. I was trying to listen, and I missed it. And Yeah, he said something about how, uh, you know, saying, he said, she said, it's like the perfect crime. Ooh, that's my Jeff impression. Blah, blah, blah. I'm Jeff. I'm great. I've never played, but I'm really good. Blah, blah, blah. Men. Actually, no, he's he's trying to do the women thing now. He's like, another woman wins immunity. Wow. <laughs> Which I don't, probably, know if that's, I don't know if that means he's trying to be more feminist or if he's just shocked that women are winning. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because he listens to our podcast and he realizes, you know, people are, are done with the macho man. That's why I keep pitching. I want an all-girls alliance to just take over. Next week is like <laughs> the last chance to do it. I don't think it's going to happen, but I would love to see that happen. To the end of the season. Um, uh, it's still like a cult-like society. Yep. And if, if you want to be part enjoyed... of our cult-like society. <laughs> oh, perfect. I was going to say, that? and if you enjoyed this cult calling, feel free no. to leave us a yeah, like or subscribe. Better. 
<laughs> Tell a friend. Yeah, I know. Well, you're clever and you're a writer. I'm just a uh, Joe Schmo sitting in freezing cold Alabama. Oh, did I tell you blue. I started rereading the Harry Potter books? No, I've only read the first one. I can say that having learned to write in my life since I've read the books when I was younger, like mm-hmm. it blows me away how well written the books are. It's, they're so good. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, go go on with your spiel. I'll take your word for that. If you want more, um, feel free to subscribe. Please tell a friend. It always helps to get the word out there. You can follow us on Twitter at On the Island Podcast. You can find Taylor at Gaines Taylor. You can find me at Tyler B. Commons. Taylor updates websites lots of times with lots of fun content. You can find some old series that we've done. It's really entertaining. I actually spent about 45 minutes to an hour on there the other day, which I did not tell Taylor. So that's the first he's hearing of it. I went back and read a lot, and it was really cool. So, like yeah. movie stuff? Yeah, movie stuff and just old interviews and the mm. Denis Villeneuve 2049. I got, I don't know why I rewatched that because I've been wanting to watch that. Taylor did a lot of fun things with a, a buddy named Sam. There's, ex, there's exciting stuff on there. So, go ahead, check out the website. That's all I've got to say. I'm rambling, which I tend to all do I've a got lot. To say. One correction it is at On the Island Pod. Are they on the other um, pod, not yeah. podcast. So go follow us there. We pretty much have fun with all the castaways because they're all fun on Twitter. This is a good season of fun people. I did see someone tweet recently like, hey, it's more fun for us to write about the show when you guys hate each other. But they all seem to really like each other. I mean, I constantly see the pre-merged uh, evictees posting pictures on yachts and boats and stuff. Like They seem like their whole life is mm-hmm. just hanging out with each other. Other than Jacob Derwin. Mwah. No, Jacob's kind of not included. Actually, I haven't seen him on Twitter for a while. He's been out Maybe there. Maybe I should... He's been out okay, there. Okay, good. I'll reach out. I'll say, miss you, buddy. See if he responds. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> but that's all for me. I'm going to leave the final sign out to Taylor. Thank you for putting up with my ramblings. And here's the smart guy. I'm going to sign us off, but I'll keep sitting here with my heart beating like hell because there's only a few more weeks left of Survivor. And also the Lightning are in the second round of the playoffs, and I'm really excited about it. LeBron James, <laughs> goaltending. Look it up. Let's do it. Sign him up. Go Bolts. Go Survivor. I'm out of stuff. You threw to me to sign off, and I, I don't know what to say anymore. That's all, folks. No, that's the Star Wars song. I was about to do the do-do-do-do-do. All right, bye. Continue. Bye. Goodbye. I'm not good at making these things up as well. <laughs> that is uh, again.